Hey there, welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for February 2019. Before we get started with this episode, I just wanted to let everybody know that we're going to be moving our news episode from the beginning of the month, from the first week to about the second week or weekend, um, just due to the amount of news that we cover and uh, the amount of time we have in between the Temple Archives episodes and the Voice of the Force news show episodes. So just to give us a little bit more time for preparation and, uh, and whatnot, we are going to do the news show in the middle of the month instead of at the beginning of each month. With that said, let's go! My name's Dan, and I am joined here by my co-hosts, Ed. How Hey-o. you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic this morning. Listen to my voice. I know, this Great. is our first morning recording. How are we feeling, Noma? How you doing? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Good to hear, good to hear. And uh, with uh, Ed and Noma here, we're going to get into our uh, Apple Podcast review. We got our first review uh, of our podcast on Apple Apple Podcasts. So um, it was by a user named Ubi918298. And Love this it. person said, it's a solidly enjoyable podcast as the title. And the body of the review was, I don't need to Jedi mind trick you into enjoying this podcast. Ha! Jedi jokes. This is an informative, fun, and well-edited podcast. I have enjoyed every minute of it. Well, that was very nice of you, Ubi. Thank you very much for sending us that review. And uh, our first review will always have a special place in our hearts. You're a legend, mate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The last podcast, we talked about what our favorite Rebel Starfighter was. And on Twitter, we had a response from a gentleman named Brian Balance who has interacted with our Twitter account a little bit, and I've been talking to him on there, um, at Jedi Brian on Twitter. And he said his favorite starfighter is also the A-Wing. Good choice. Because you are a great person, and the (laughs) A-Wing is the best Rebel starfighter ever. It's super agile. you're a man of culture as well. (laughs) What was that, Nova? Oh, I see you're a man of culture as well. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Nigel Thornberry out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Brian, for sending that uh, response for us. And uh, the fun fact for this week is, what is your favorite Imperial Starfighter? Ed, you start us off. All right, so now a lot of you guys and gals may not either agree with this one, or you may be like, what? That's not an Imperial Starfighter. But, but just as the Empire became kind of freshly integrated and stuff, they were still using ships that they were before, so I'm working off technicality here when I say that my favorite Imperial Starfighter is the V-Wing. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a vanity thing just based on how it looks, because it looks really sweet. The way it's just like kind of like a interceptor turned sideways, I guess, mm, if you think yeah, about like- it. Yeah, yeah, like, right. It's like a it's like a mix between like a Tie Fighter and like a Rebel Starfighter almost. It's always exactly. it's always reminded me of like bunny ears on a on a Starfighter. You know what I mean? Like it has really <laughs> tall fins on the back, wings on the top and bottom. Hmm. Thing is, like these things go like they they are scout ships. They shouldn't be Starfighters. They almost crazy to handle in terms of anything like if you play a battlefront 2 and try to v-wing you you were like okay this is cool but no (laughs) the the a-wing feels more smooth the the a-wing is a lot better than the v-wing let's be honest yeah 
But come on, it's, it's, it sounds great when you hit those bather burners on this thing, man. You don't see anything. You might you crash half the time, but it's still fun. I like this <laughs> a lot. Nice, good choice. I, I don't know if I agree with you if it's an Imperial Starfighter, but I'll, I'll oh, give God. it to you. I'll give it that's to you. Why the, that's why I put the disclaimer right at the front. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a thing. People were going to come after me for it. Well, no, no, but do you agree with V-Wing being an Imperial Starfighter? I, I think it works through technicality. I mean, if, if I can accept the fact that the Imperials were using Venators and, and Acclimators during the beginning of their reign, then I think I can accept that they used V-Wings too. Fair enough, fair enough. Empire 1.0. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Beta version. No, what is what is your favorite uh, Imperial Starfighter? Uh, so I'm a bit more classic, kind of old school, just like last week with, uh, with the X-Wing. My favorite... Imperial Starfighter has always been the TIE Interceptor. Just, I don't know, there's something about it. It it looks a lot more menacing and cool than a TIE Fighter. Um, if you played any of the, like, you know, I was playing the old Rogue Squadron games. They're a lot faster. They're more like the Imperial A-Wing, you know, super maneuverable, super fast. Um, yeah, and also it's got, what, four cannons? So it's got double the cannons that a TIE Fighter does and just all around. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I, I'm a... It's a lot more threatening to me, the TIE Interceptor, than a normal TIE Fighter. Yeah, menacing is exactly that's... the word I would use, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what immediately drew me towards it, even though I think it doesn't actually show up in the movies until episode 6. I uh, think you're right, yeah, in the final battle above... Um... Endor. Yeah, Endor. Yeah. That's a... I love yeah. that battle, man. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Like, And I've said before, like that's why episode 6 is is uh, a movie I like more than episode five is just because of that space battle. I'm a huge sucker for space battles. That's why I love Rogue One as well. Exactly. And mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly why I like resistance. Those pieces of resistance is the space stuff when they're <laughs> flying around. My favorite parts. Um, my, my favorite Imperial Starfighter is the TIE Defender, which I would have chosen the inter, uh, the interceptor, but uh, the Defender, I'm, I'm liking a lot more because it is like the Interceptor on steroids. Um, it was introduced way back in Legends. Um, was it Withron back in the day as well? Yeah. Because it was Withron in Rebels. Uh, he started a TIE Defender program, and that was kind of on the same, not scale, but like on the same wavelength as like the D Death Star program. And when the Death Star kind of took off, they canned the TIE Defender program. So the TIE Defender is like, imagine a TIE Fighter in between like three sets of wings that are kind of positioned uh, like interceptor wings, but triangular. So there's three of them. It has shields. It has, a, I think it has hyperdrive. Maybe not. I'm not sure about the hyperdrive, but I know it does have shields, which is huge with the TIE um, family because X-Wings have shields. Uh, A-Wings have shields and everything, but none of the TIEs did. So that was one of the cool th uh, facts that I liked about the TIE Defender. And just the look of it looks really cool, too. Um, but yeah. Mm, in, in, in Legends, I know it had a hyperdrive and torpedoes. Okay. Um, yeah, this one has yeah, torpedoes, too. Sure about new stuff. I yeah. still think it does. I mean, I have to read um, Alliances again, I believe it was. in that We had them fully crafted and actually in action. Mm -hmm. uh, they, were abort they were on the Chimera ready for use, and I know Thrawn used them for some things, but I just, I'm, because they're on the ship, I'm not sure if they were just flying in on their own or if they could. Mm, yeah. Reread that. Either way. <laughs> Another excuse to reread it. Yeah, exactly. 
it's coming out on paperback, which we'll talk about later today. Um, the TIE Defender. Yeah, that's that's my favorite Imperial Starfighter for sure. Um, and if you guys want to tell us about your favorite uh, Imperial Starfighter, whether it be a TIE model or maybe an early Imperial Starfighter, such as a V-Wing, <laughs> you can do that by uh, tagging us at VoiceForcePod on Twitter and using the hashtag ForceFunFact and letting us know what your favorite Imperial Starfighter is for the next new show in March. And Noma, can you let the fine folks listening to this podcast know about what we are doing on this episode and on our other show? Can do. So yeah, if this is your first time watching or watching, listening to the podcast, we've got two different shows that we do here. The first one is the one you're currently listening to, which is our kind of news show. So we go over a lot of new releases in terms of video games, TV shows, comics, novels, movies, all, all that kind of stuff. And then also board games, miniatures, events, general news, anything that's relating to the Star Wars fandom, we try to cover in these episodes. And we'll try to keep you up to date and let you know about things that you maybe, you know, slipped under the radar. And aside from that, we've also got our Star Wars canon uh, podcast, which is called Temple Archives. So in that one, we will summarize stories from uh, novels and comics relating to the current Star Wars canon. We'll talk about how it relates to Legends and uh, other canon materials. We'll have a short discussion about the uh, plot and characters and stuff like that after we summarize them. And then we'll also go over where it fits into the timeline in this new Star Wars canon. Thank you, Noma. Yeah. We're going to be moving into the news section of our podcast. So the, news. the first section of news that we're going to be doing is movies. And the person doing the movie section is Ed. Me. So we have, for our first bit of news, is Rob. I hope I'm saying your name right. I apologize if I'm not. Brito from Industrial Light and Magic. And he breaks down. It's a bit of a video on YouTube. It's about a 15-minute video here, give or take a couple seconds. He's breaking down the uh, visual effects behind the Kessel Run that was seen in Solo, a Star Wars story. And um, if you don't remember this scene, this is where after they are on the... uh, I guess you could call it the coaxium mine, yeah. Yeah, on uh, yeah. Castle, so yeah. on on yeah, they're on the coaxium mine. They grab all the stuff. L 3s hurt. They're trying to get back through the the only real pathway that they know of, back out into space. And lo and behold, hey, we have star destroyer coming to stop your plans and mess up your day. And so, <laughs> what do they do? They go into the maelstrom and that's where the fabled well, not fabled anymore but that's where the story of the kessel run comes from and these effects that wow effects and these effects that come through there are when you watch this video it's made by the screen junkies on youtube you can find it on their channels published on the 8th of december in 2018 it is amazing um i mean personally i enjoyed the movie so seeing anything more about it was great but this I didn't know I needed to see this was the kind of thing. Yeah, there's some there's some great things that kind of show how far VFX is coming in the industry. Like they have a whole talk about how when they go to hyperspace and a lot of the the effects, they actually just put them on this giant wraparound screen so the actors can actually see it and play off it. Yeah, that's really cool. I saw that on yeah. one of the videos and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, it it's kind of mind blowing how how far technology is coming. In the last couple of years. Mm, Dan, what'd you think? 
The VFX breakdown is pretty interesting. I it, I enjoyed understanding a little bit more of like the background work of it. Um, it's really cool to see like kind of what goes into the 3D modeling and um, all the like little um, particles that you have to go through with the the castle run and the ins and outs of the the Millennium Falcon. It's just uh, an interest, interesting perspective that you don't normally get with movies of this caliber because mm-hmm. a lot of the things are usually under wraps and uh, people are not wanting to talk about it for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But this is one of those where you guys know we post links in the in the uh, in the podcast all the time. But I think if you have to look at at least one of these for this podcast, please look in the at show this notes. one. Yeah, in the show because it is it is definitely worth your time. It's 15 minutes. I know it sounds like a long time, especially on YouTube, but it is well worth it. If you oh, enjoyed yeah. the movie at all, this is something extra for you from Star Wars and Screen Junkies and Rob Brito as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we shall move on to our next bit of news on this Imperial podcast. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, sign up for the Empire. Exactly. <laughs> to the Resistance. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I, guess, I was taking over for a second. Um, Empire, <laughs> Emperor's hand, I don't know. Maybe. What, is, but, what uh, are you, like, Jason Solo? Oh, 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 you leave my boy Jason alone. <laughs> was it Jason that got possessed by Palpatine, or was it the other one? Was it Anakin Solo or was it Jason Solo? No, it was it was Jason. Okay. okay. Well, Jason and the dark side were were flirting. Anakin 2.0 as we call him. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, big bit of news for everybody who has a calendar, who's been counting down days, who's been looking at every piece and scrap of news that they can. This comes from Mr. JJ Abrams himself. And on his Twitter account, he has posted these words. Feels impossible. But today, wrapped photography on episode nine. There is no adequate way to thank this truly magical crew and cast. I am forever indebted to you all. Now, episode nine. Lads, I know we all have some sort of conflicting feelings on how this series is going or where it's going up to but i believe we can all agree that we are looking forward to this one and hearing this bit of news that especially it is it is finished with at least photography in february should mean good things coming up for later on this year yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i hope so um episode episode nine it's gonna be interesting because i know you guys are weren't a huge fan of episode eight and uh, are hoping that uh, JJ turns it around for you guys for this ep- for this episode, right? Uh, yeah, this is why mm. I, like, I have to see this one, right? It's not a matter of choice or anything. It's like I need answers. I have to have answers. I don't want answers in a book that's released after the movie. As much as yeah. I like reading, yeah. it's like that's not what that's not what the movie's about. I need to see the things. I need to, I need to know. Okay, I'm sorry, but I have to throw this out here. I. Why even mention the Knights of the Knights of Ren if we're not gonna even touch that? Like that's been on yeah. my mind since seven. That's the only thing I took away from seven. It's like, how did this school get destroyed? To be uh, almost completely go- fair, the Knights of Ren almost had as much screen time as Boba Fett in Episode five or six. Episode six. That's that's true, but I'd, I'd argue that Boba Fett is kind of like a tack-on character. He's not yeah. super important to the Empire, whereas. We don't, we don't know the Knights of Ren if they're important to the but, First but, Order but, but, or not, right? Because it could see, just be they, important to the dark side of the Force. 
or not at all. It could just be like, who knows? They're the whole reason why Luke doesn't have a school, apparently, or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so, like, I, in terms of importance, like, if they or were they around before Kylo? Did Kylo create them? Like, what? It, I don't know. Yeah, because from from the title, you assume that it's Kylo's knights, but then it's spelt differently. So exactly, it's a whole thing. It's it's something I hope that we see because right now it it, it kind of occupies the same space as Phasma, where it's like. Sounds really cool when you hear about it, and then so far it's been a big fat nothing. Yeah, that's they true. Could, they could, and this is very on the nose, but they could have just forgotten that Sabine's last name actually starts with a W and not an R. <laughs> could you and imagine? A bunch of Mandalorians come through. <laughs> you just like the, that, the person with the big blade is just Sabine, just takes the helmet it's... off and goes, Hey guys. <laughs> One of them's got the Darksaber or something. Like, I would. Yeah. I, would I have some that. questions. If the Darksaber ever makes an appearance in the films, I'm 100% in. I mean, it should. <laughs> it really enough. should. Mm. Uh, I would love to see that in like a live-action sense. Possibly the Mandalorian? Yeah, um, that's true. We're throwing hints out. Yeah. <laughs> the The nice thing about the tweet that J.J. Abrams did, though, was the, the photo he included with it. And that was with um, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and Daisy Ridley. And they're all just celebrating a final hug at the end of filming in what mm-hmm. looks to be a desert setting. So why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? You know? <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan asked that uh, to me earlier. And my response was, because it's the only planet that anybody knows the name of in the new trilogy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Jakar. <laughs> oh, no. But you're right. <laughs> Hosnian Prime. Technically Starkiller Base. <laughs> yeah, how, how, how many how many uh, like casual fans do you think know the name Hosnian Prime, though? Or, or uh, Octo. Dakar, or Octo, yeah. Yeah, or Crate, even. Yeah, Crate, too. Like... <laughs> and there's not many planets. Like, that's pretty much the, the, the gist of them, you know? Like, there's not many mm-hmm. more than those. Ugh, great. Yeah. It's salt. All right. Well, Speaking of John Boyega. <laughs> and what segue. a great segue from Dan. That was delayed, but again. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have one more interesting. We all know that now that episode nine is pretty much wrapping up, this is the. Is it really the end of John Boyega with Star Wars? Do you think we'll see him again? Possibly in some like so. cartoons or. Um, maybe like a sequel to Resistance or a comic book, but I don't, I don't know if he will be acting like live action again in Star Wars. Because like, love it or hate it, you're always getting back into it. Something like, look at Harrison Ford, right? Like he was like, all right, Episode Six done, good, buy Star Wars kind of thing. True. And then it's like, hey, you want to do Episode Seven? It's like, do I have to? And people <laughs> really want to see you. All right. Now we have Billy D coming back and everything, so there's always a chance we Maybe don't know what the 30 future years later. holds. Maybe. You never Again. know. But um, because we are talking about John Wayne, he got an incredible gift from Miss Kathleen Kennedy. Um, if for those of you who play Battlefront 2, you'll know it by its name. It's the EL-16HFE Blaster Rifle. And how, for- how do you know that? Because I want it in Battlefront 2. <laughs> it looks amazing. I love that, how you just had that at the top of your head. 
<laughs> it's, this is the one for just to clarify for you guys uh he had a bit of a custom one but if you remember at the beginning of episode seven god we are talking a lot about that movie today um <laughs> it is the one with that poe tries to fire the blast at uh, kylo and he does the whole force stasis on it is that the one that, oh, okay yeah that's the blaster that's the one that's like the standard that the new not the new republic well they are but the resistance uh uses uh, much like how the the AC-130... Wow, well, I just realized the joke of that. But yeah, I think it was the AC-130s or whatever they had for the Rebel Alliance. But like that, so that was their standard one. And then this is the one for them. Made oh, okay. by Plastec in- Industries, but most of them are now anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting rifle. And it was what we saw him after we were cleverly red herringed with him holding the lightsaber all the time. It's like, Hey, this is your actual weapon. Here's a gun. <laughs> so, but it's a nice gift. It's a really nice one. It's like, Hey, you know, this was what you were partnered up with for most of a few up of the movie. So yeah, that's here, the one that uh, Han gave him, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Today I've, I've watched episodes seven like maybe three times, honestly. Okay. So I'm not sure where he gets from. I just know he has it. Yeah, I think I think it's the one that Han gives him. It's the same, same blaster as what you're talking about. But yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm excited. I'm glad that he got a present from from the set. Like, are, see, this is my question. Like, are you supposed to expect something, kind of? No, normally like, oh, they don't hey, give you anything. For... Normally they think... never they never give you props from the set actors yeah, do I, I think, take things from time to time but yeah that's what i was gonna say like i think traditionally uh the main actors will like try to steal something yeah like uh <laughs> or appropriate uh, patrick stewart uh, stole something. one of the uniforms from the star trek set what yeah, the one it. where he's constantly pulling the shirt down because it wouldn't fit possibly <laughs> but he oh has one God. of those but, yeah, i take that too most people don't get a gift so it's kind of nice to see that this is yeah, maybe, maybe a start of studios doing that because i mean what what are they going to do with it really it's going to be sitting in the archives all- the lucasfilm archives for decades like the other stuff will be um well, this yeah. honestly could be a special exception though like all the things that we've seen him do outside of the of the movies to really promote them to really go get to go with everything to talk to fans to inter- and interact with them like i have a couple friends who actually met him when they were on uh, holiday in London, yeah, and he was, he was just walking down the street, and there, there was like, oh my god, this is John Boyega. Oh my god, and they were like, can we, can we, can we get a selfie with you? And he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's already by the way. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna post the Instagram. He's like, yeah, go for it. But he, that kind of easygoing, bringing people like you need somebody to bring people back into the Star Wars universe, you know. And like I believe in exactly. the in the past, that was like Mark Hamill. And everything he mm-hmm. was doing, Even right, now, appearing yeah. everywhere, talking, and he's still doing it, right? And like, but you don't really see the, the other main actors really go and do all that kind of, right? But whenever you think Star Wars, the new stuff, now you see John Boyega everywhere, That's and true. he's not thought of as much as it. I don't have anything against Daisy Ridley. I, I do not at all. She's doing her job, but the way things have gone with the movie, everybody's been like, you hear Ray, and you're just mad kind of right or you have Why? different Why are you feelings or whatever don't get me started on that i'm just saying <laughs> i like but like and then i i, I know where where it's but going you know from. you know what i yeah. mean kind of thing right like there's mm. always like a, in the room yeah, it's, when it's, you hear that 
it's it's not her yeah and you're right it's not her fault at all it's it's the way that the character has been set up exactly and written and kind of placed into the story that that i know annoys a lot of people okay but you think poe you think finn and then there's right away there's oh man bromance number one kind of oh, thing God. Mm-hmm. and then <laughs> number one otp yeah, and you see Finn, you're always like, oh, what's he going to do next kind of thing? Oh, and then you see John Boyega just going around doing everything, appearing at all these events. Like, wasn't he in Toronto or something for the – there's, like, some kind of pop-up store or something or whatever, He might right? have been. Yeah, I think he, yeah. he showed up. I know but he's a very I strong presence on social media. Constantly. Like, Instagram and stuff like that. He's a very – like, if you haven't followed John Boyega yet on Instagram, go do it because it is – he's just really positive and a fun person to, you know, just see what's going on and in, – in, interact with on a social media basis you know um, where dan gets his inspiration yeah i mean <laughs> john boyega <laughs> is literally like he's one of my favorite actors in the new new trilogy that is for sure um but i was gonna say too it's interesting you were talking and it just made me think that why don't we see any photos from oscar isaac or daisy ridley with a gift that they got hmm. is this mean that Red's finn's like- done but the other two aren't Spinoffs, <laughs> right? It, uh, I mean, it's like I'm maybe to... prying into this a little too much, but I'm just saying, like, it seems weird that we're getting something from him, but like nothing else. Maybe they just didn't feel like posting it or what, whatever. But uh, yeah, it just yeah, makes it, me think a little bit. It's hard to tell with rap gifts. I mean, like uh, the example I was going to say was like, uh, I mean, Elijah Wood got a rap gift at the end of Lord of the Rings, Please but he still came back Hobbit to feet. do The Hobbit. Uh no I think it was it was Sting and uh oh that's good that's a good that's one a of the gift. yeah one of the prop rings I think nice from what I remember and then yeah he came back to do the Hobbit still so it it's a wrap for these movies I don't think that necessarily means that he's done with with the series as a whole right nice yeah all right I want to get into TV stuff yeah let's get into TV stuff all right so with our first. Uh, a little bit of news here. We have Disney orders season two of Resistance. So um, this came in on uh, January 9th. And mm-hmm. with the mid-season trailer release, they mm-hmm. also were um, told that, yeah, Star Wars Resistance is getting a second season, which is very interesting because the like mid-season area of Resistance season one is going to be, or could be the end of season one, is going to be... Um, Starkiller base destroying Hosnian Prime, which happens in Force Awakens. And then, obviously, Starkiller base gets destroyed pretty much immediately after. <laughs> and so, will Resistance continue with Episode 8 timeline or 9? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I'll give them this for the new canon stuff and everything. They do stay rather... They have a good continuity, kind of, in the terms of what they're trying to link with everything. The only thing that's messed up is episode eight in terms of them not answering stuff. But they're still like, oh, we ended right here and we're picking up right where we left off kind of thing. Like, oh, Finn's in a coma. How long has he been in a coma? Oh, he's up kind of thing, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we left him down. He woke, He was down, but we saw he was in a med bay kind of thing, and now he's good. In a so, back like, body keep... suit? Yeah, that was weird. That was but, awesome. Um, I thought he was going to be in like one of those DBZ tanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess but, they've upgraded to the bodysuits. Yeah, so they, there definitely is like they, if there's anything to worry about, like oh, where we're we going to go from, I think they'll be fine. 
Yeah. I, I think they're going to be doing... I think it's going to get like Rebels did um, back in the days. Having Resistance Season 1 be like a very introductory base for the show and the characters. And then as Season 2 rolls around, we'll get more and more serious. Because mm-hmm. um, like I know where you see with the Star Wars Resistance episode that we have so far um, with Finn and the First Order. Oh, not Finn. Oh, my goodness. Um Kaz, Kazuda Ziono on uh, Colossus in the First Order kind of infiltrating um, in a way that nobody else understands except for Kaz. Um, it's interesting. It's starting to get to a point where there are, there's a lot of tension between characters and uh, people are starting to question each other's allegiances, which is interesting as well. Um, but I think Res- Resistance <laughs> Season 2 is definitely going to be a little bit more serious than than this one because i don't know if they're going to stay on the colossus who knows given that the name is kind of cool for the place i won't lie colossus yeah yeah it's not too bad Mm -hmm. and it's one of their better names for a base someone didn't take a picture of colossus and then they took a picture of um a uh, space station from like the early republic i think or late republic early empire and they looked very similar and they're like was colossus a space station and then repurposed into a fuel station who knows hmm. that'd be interesting interesting theory exactly um the next piece of news that we have is star wars by the numbers it's a new uh youtube uh video short series for this is mostly for uh fans like drusel from heir to the jedi who like math and um, <laughs> also fans that are younger that uh, just enjoy these kind of things. So this is basically uh, a new series that aims to tally these Star Wars tidbits with fun supercut compilations highlighting the wacky, wonderful, and galaxy from a galaxy far, far away. So wacky. Uh, here's the first installment. They've scoured the saga films to bring you um, a fast-paced counter to learn how many Star Wars characters, including Jar Jar Binks, Padme Amidala, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Sidious, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Jin Erso, Rey, Finn, Kylo Ren, and more, say yes and no throughout the films. So it's just fun things like that. Mm. So if you ever wondered how many times did they say yes versus how many times did they say no, you can find that out. And there's, there's some funny no. ones. I know the... the yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. And there's another one uh, that a lot of it hap- a lot of no's happen because Rey and Finn are on the Falcon and she's pointing towards the things that she wants and he keeps on picking up the wrong thing. She's like, no, 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 yes. So there's a whole <laughs> bunch mean, of no's in there. Mm, it's just fun. No, that's just gonna segue into another discussion. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was pretty pretty fun for uh, Star Wars by the Numbers. It's just a small little fun, you know, blast through the saga of star wars and all the movies that come with it to see you know how many times they said yes and no if you include the clone wars tv series in there and rebels i would assume it's gonna be a lot more i don't know how many times they said the dark side yep <laughs> that would be good yeah that'd be a good one or mention of the dark side yeah and uh, after that we're gonna go into the other youtube shorts that are star wars galaxy of adventures we've gotten a few new ones noma mm-hmm yeah, and uh, it's been interesting to kind of watch the progress of the Galaxy of Adventure stuff because it it very much seems like it's still marketed for, you know, kids, 
more child-based audience. But there's a lot of interesting things like the quality because it's it's so much shorter. The quality of these animations is really like surprisingly high. There's a couple of times where I've I've noticed it dip a little bit. Um, getting into technical things, some of the the run cycles and walk cycles get a little bit generic or kind of dull. But other than that, there's some things that I've been really impressed by. One of the the newer ones. This is four weeks ago. They have one that's uh, Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader from Episode Five. Everyone's seen that fight, but they've kind of updated it so it's it's more fast paced and a little bit closer to like a prequels fight scene. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, it comes off as a little bit anime y, but uh, where they're jumping around a little very, bit more. Yeah, exactly, and especially like the last like the last attack that they do. Um, but it looks really good, and it, it's very uh, visually enticing. So it, they've been doing a really good job with these, I think, so far. Cool. I know mm-hmm. I, I watched on the Star Wars show this, I think it was this past week, they did an interview with the studio that does these, and they talked about it a little bit. So uh, if you haven't seen that Star Wars show yet, I would recommend going to see that and kind of getting a little bit behind the scenes for it. Um, yeah, okay. Of the animation and... and process that they go through Ed, mm-hmm. yeah yes would you like to go through the mandalorian details with taika waititi <clears throat> thank you nervod um <laughs> of course yes <laughs> now taika waititi now he has been we've been not really hearing a lot of things about the mandalorian other than a few events that have happened which is good because spoilers are bad, and I want to be blown away by this series. <laughs> but he says, and this is according to the Esquire site, just their article by Tom Nicholson, that his Star Wars TV series has the original trilogy's feel. So for all of you uh, OG Star Wars fans that were there in 1977 when it came out initially, you guys will definitely be the first ones to appreciate this alongside with us, hopefully. But... There are certain things you expect from a Taika Waititi project. It's going to be funny, obviously, in an understated Kiwi way. Dads and father figures pop up a lot, and there may or may not be some mild Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) From the sound of it, though, his Star Wars TV series The Mandalorian isn't going to be an intergalactic refit of Hunt for the Wilder People. Instead, Waititi says it lands closer to the original Star Wars trilogy, but with flashes of his usual vibe around the edges. A quote from Waititi, Star Wars is very different to Marvel style. They know that the tone of the first films really should be kind of adhered to. That's what the fans like, and you can't really disrespect it. I guess it's a nicer way of saying I can't put too many jokes in. Definitely my tone is in there, the dialogue and stuff like that. And you know what? To hear him say something like that, it's very heartwarming. Because after all the disparity that's been going through with the series and how we've been so divided on things, like this is somebody who is looking out directly for the fans who's like, I want to make something for you. I know what you guys are looking for to a certain extent. And I want to respect that. I want to build something within that. And I that just makes me look forward to seeing The Mandalorian so much more. Definitely. He then continues to say, for most kids growing up with these with those films... Uh, Boba Fett was one of those one of the most favorite characters, even though he's barely in the films. Just the idea of bounty hunters, the helmets are so cool. He's not wrong. He's not wrong right? with the helmets. Like how mm. many times have we just in our heads designed like either a uh, 
Republic trooper helmet or a like a bounty hunter helmet, just be like, okay, what would it look like, yeah, and what would of, the heads up display see, and everything you think like, of like that. Like a Ventress or Boba's first helmet in the Clone Wars TV series, or um, Ketsu Onyo from Rebels. Mm. Those helmets have a very similar feel to each other, but uh, they're really cool as well. Right. Yeah, it's true. Not definitely. How many times have you tried to start designing one, and then something comes up, and then I don't know, but. <laughs> I, I want one eventually, but I want to make one myself. But he is right. The the helmets are cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of helmets, that leads me to our next point, guys. Good segue. That is a good segue. <laughs> I know, right? I take pride in that one. I think that is one of the better ones for sure. But the filming for The Mandalorian has wrapped. And how do we know this? With- how do we know this, Ed? Well, uh, there's a little uh, Twitter account called at the unsung movie. And they've sent out a post that says, congratulations to our director, Damiano Fusca, who works on the upcoming show, The Mandalorian. The crew has officially wrapped the first season of production. And why this was so huge is they have a actual Mandalorian, looks like helmet that says Mandalorian season one crew. And it's just got signatures and art everywhere on it this thing looks amazing please check out this this. i would wear this for days right it it could be its own thing like please look at the link for this because if you are a armor nut or anything like that it's just you know these guys really enjoyed just from the look of it i mean younger audiences maybe not look at this too much or don't read into it too much just kind of look (laughs) at it but um it's definitely something that you can see they had a lot of fun with, and that just makes me excited to be like, okay, if you enjoy working on a project, you know how much more you put into it, and you know how much more we're going to get out of it at that point. So really looking forward to watching The Mandalorian. Definitely. I like the little drawing of The Mandalorian's helmet on the left side there. Right? I know. Mm-hmm. I was looking at that one, too. I was actually, I took a minute to like zoom in and look at some of the signatures to see if I recognized anybody's names. Like actors and stuff that we haven't haven't been announced yet, but it's not really mm. anything. So I mean, that's not so bad. I mean, it introduces us to new people and stuff like that, right? So exactly, these are like the behind the scenes kind of people. Yeah, and if we if we see this at this point, then we can be like, okay, now I'll look out for your work. And if you're back in Star Wars, I know I'll have something great to look forward to. Now, the interesting thing about this tweet was that it was deleted pretty quickly after it was tweeted out. So. Um, the only thing that exists on the internet now is screenshots of it, which is interesting. So I guess the unsung movie wasn't supposed to, uh, tweet this out, but got a little happy about Teasers. it. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was supposed to, and then delete it to make it look like he wasn't supposed to. Uh, uh double creating content. Yeah. Oh, creating news. Yeah, this is very, very dark side of you. Either way, the Mandalorian <laughs> filming, uh, the filming being wrapped up, that is awesome. Now we have both episode nine and the Mandalorian film or uh, TV show all done, which means the only thing that has left to be recorded on on video is the Cassian Andor series. Oh, so man. that's starting in October of this year. Apparently. That is going to be so... I can't wait for that one. I know. I mean, I can't wait for any of them, let's be real. But oh, I, it's spy film, thank you. Or just be series. So it's the Star Wars James Bond. Come on. Hopefully. But, and 
Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say it was just like the darker undertones of the finally of the rebellion because they weren't just all the happy go lucky. We're going to save the day. It's like, no, we need to do this thing and we need to do it now. And it's not great. Exactly. And people won't like it, but we need to do it. That's what I want to see. And that's finally what's going to make me, you know, be like, okay, Rebels, you're still kind of scum, but hey, you did what you had to as well. I can Possibly what, that. you know, Jade's Cassian Andor even more to become the person that he is in Rogue One. Exactly. Hmm. So, let's get into comic books and uh, novels uh, news. We have only a, we have actually quite a bit here. Um, so, there is a new book that's coming out. Um, it is available through Sideshow, which is the company that does a lot of the um, Star Wars action figure, like the really nice sculpts that are like multi-hundred dollar uh, figures. Oh boy. And like super, super screen accurate. Mm. And uh, they have released a book on their website which is uh, star wars icons han solo and it kind of dives as like a complete guide to the character of han solo i've seen screenshots and stuff online it even includes pages from the audio drama like the script pages it also includes behind the scenes look at some of the things that happen on the set of um, empire strikes back photos of like harrison ford photos of um the solo um characters that we haven't seen before from the new solo movie um and it's about i think it's like 50 or 60 dollars american so that will be released um i guess worldwide at star wars celebration so you can buy it there as well but if you want to get it now you have to buy it through sideshow collectibles we also do have awesome news about jim cummings who is the voice of uh, Hondo Onaka in Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. He is voicing the uh, audiobook Pirate's Price, where he is basically a uh, story from Hondo's perspective about the Millennium Falcon. And uh, he's doing the audiobook for that narration. And small little fun fact for you Jim Cummings is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, so, that's nice. That's an interesting Disney connection that I had never made before. All over again. The next piece of news is that Kieran Gillen has announced that he is leaving Marvel Comics with the summer issue of Star Wars number 67. And just to give you perspective, he has written the series since November 2017 from issue number 38. So almost 30 oh. issues, which is wow. crazy. Um, so he's, he's leaving there, but you never know. He may be back uh, doing a different title eventually. But uh, for now... They'll be going to a different writer, and I'm excited to see what uh, both Kieran Gillen does in the future, as well as the next person that will be doing Star Wars, uh, the main Marvel series. Mm. Uh, another little piece on audiobooks here is that Catherine Tabor, the voice of Padme Amidala, Ed, in The Clone Wars, <laughs> she will be narrating the Queen's Shadow audiobook. Uh, for Penguin Random House Audio, I believe. And uh, if you click the link that is in the episode description, you'll see her tweet that she did on Twitter, at uh, Kat Tabor. And uh, she says, I love audiobooks. I love narrating audiobooks. And I especially love Padme Amidala. A big thanks yes. to E.K. Johnson, the person who wrote it, Penguin Random House Audio, and Disney Books, yes. and Elias Mr. Kent for letting me have all three at once. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag Queen Shadow. Go pre-order it now. Do it for the Republic. So no, she seems to be 
really happy <laughs> about uh, voicing that. And she's just a very positive personality from what I know her in the Star Wars universe. Star Wars fandom, I guess. And uh, I'm excited to hear both the audiobook for Jim Cummings and this one. Because when you have a character voicing the novel that you are reading, it's just it adds that extra level of immersion. Because you, yeah, you hear the character and you're like, okay, yeah, what are they doing at this point? Kind because of, the right? first time they did this was with Ashley Eckstein in the Ahsoka novel with E.K. Johnson. Yeah. And that was really good. Um, what else we got here? We got some other things. Uh, quickly, we have a new, uh, new series, new comic series coming from Marvel, which is a crossover with a novel. So we have a comic series crossing over with a novel. The comic okay. series is called, um, I believe, TIE Fighter. Yep, Star Wars TIE Fighter issue number one to five. Um, or is it is it a five-issue miniseries? Let me see here. Sorry, guys. Yes. No let, me just, let me do that again. Yeah, it is a five-issue miniseries. And uh, it will be coming out uh, at the same time as uh, Star Wars Alphabet Squadron, which we also got a cover for no, in the description. No. <laughs> the cover actually looks pretty cool. I don't know what they're trying to evoke, but it does look quite nice. And uh, we do have the the TIE Fighter comic series. is basically the same exact story, but from the Imperial perspective in Alphabet Squadron. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think of that? Alphabetty spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Ed, yeah. It's a TIE Fighter Marvel comic series. Are you not excited for no, that? No, I'm definitely down for that. I'm just anything with Alphabet Squadron and it just sours me. I know. But mm-hmm. um, we'll have to get but, over that eventually. Yeah, yeah. We will. The TIE Fighters, I mean, if that means that we'll probably get a new TIE Fighter game out of it, I'd be happy. Hey, wink wink hint hint hey. Nudge nudge. Because <laughs> this takes place at the end of episode six. Like after I think it's like a a separate squadron um, is basically hunting down the Imperials the leftover Imperials so that'll be cool yeah it'll be interesting to see how how the two stories correlate Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean I'm always down to see more I guess morally gray stories from the Empire's point of view right yep um Alphabet Squadron, I mean, we've gone over the, that that name a couple of times now, but as long as, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me, as long as we get a little bit more of an in-depth kind of intricate story than, um, uh, what was her name? Iden Sloan from Iden Battlefront 2? Iden Versio. Sloan is another character. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, Commander lo- Versio. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, as long as we get more of a kind of nuanced story than Verso because as interesting as her character was I, I was watching the cutscene things and man she defects real quick like, yeah the, it goes pretty quickly no, in, the, that, in the um in the game but, that was a whole thing I was like are you kidding me oh we yeah. gotta do this because they say so and blow subjugate this thing and oh my planet my home planet I gotta no, say though this. I gotta say yeah. her home planet of Vardos is amazing looking like mm, you're alone on that you don't like uh, vardos no vardos it, it, i don't know it just it has this really nice red and black aesthetic um i don't know i i really enjoyed it and uh i was too busy being fired at to look around dan <laughs> i died too many times so i just i gotta see the same areas over and over again um 
but yeah, I agree with you, Noma, that if it's a very more nuanced kind of perspective of the Empire, it'll be really interesting to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because we're going to get a comic series that we're going to be able to see the characters that are hopefully in the novel, um, get to see what they look like. Because normally yeah, when you get a novel, awesome. you don't get to see what they look like. You just hear descriptions, yeah, right? Exactly. You, you make, make your own kind of character look exactly. from it. Yeah. Um, moving on to another book. We have Galaxy's Edge getting some new books, comics, and fables. So we have on the StarWars.com website um, a cover for the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic. On the cover of it, it looks like a Ithorian, like a, a little bit more elderly Ithorian with a nice... Uh, long, uh, I guess, staff, you could say, like a walking stick and like a little probe droid type creature and a whole bunch of um, like bone kind of inspired um, clothing and stuff like that. And it, technically, we have heard this guy's name before in Solo, a Star Wars story. His name is mm. Doc Ondar and is mentioned by Kira in uh, the Solo a Star Wars story movie. And uh, if you guys remember way back, we covered some news with Jonathan Kasdan tweeting out 53 interesting facts about Solo. And that was one of the interesting facts. He said, Kira says the name Doc Ondar, who is a antiquities dealer. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that as you'll hear him later in the future. And so here he is on the cover of this miniseries. So I'm assuming it's a five or six issue miniseries. And I'm excited to see what it is about. The next thing we have is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson, who I believe did the same book for, she did a book for uh, Phasma. So since she did write Captain Phasma's novel, I'm excited to see what uh, comes out in the Black Spire book here. It says, in this novel, a prequel to the Disney, uh, Disney Parks experience. General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy on Batu to, in a desperate search for resistance allies. So the next book we have is by Zoraida Cordova, who wrote a short story in the From a Certain Point of View book. And this one is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate. In this book, uh, it's a young adult novel. Izzy and Jules were best friends until Izzy's family abruptly left Batu when she was six. Now she's back, and Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure what to make of her. While on the run from the vengeful smugglers and an angry pirate, the two friends will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other. So that sounds like a pretty interesting little story about Galaxy's Edge and the characters that kind of are there. This may include having these characters at Galaxy's Edge when we're there, possibly. Um, and our last book is a book that we haven't had yet in Star Wars canon. Uh, which is Star Wars Myths and Fables, written by George Mann, which I'm not sure if he has written anything Star Wars before. I'm not too sure. But the cover looks fantastic. It's basically, it looks like sand dunes, possibly on Tatooine, um, with the twin suns in the background, with a Jedi. They have like a really cool cape robe on with a blue lightsaber ignited, and it looks like they're about to battle a crate dragon. Um so in this book, um, in this metal grade novel, hear the thrilling space tales, fables, and myths that are told in a galaxy far, far away. The book features two stories that take place on a remote outer rim world of Batu, plus many other untold tales from the edge of the galaxy, lushly illustrated in a style that pays homage to real world children's classics. And they give you an excerpt from the book called The Knight and the Dragon, 
and it looks like a sand person with a rifle and it's quite a big excerpt here um, and it looks to be that it is from Tatooine so that is probably maybe what the cover is also about any thoughts on any of this stuff it looks interesting um yeah so, some of like some of the ideas that they've got here are ones that I'm very interested especially like the tales and stuff like that yeah the myths yeah getting very kind of far out there um kind of ideas that have never really been explored before in the Star Wars mythos that seems really interesting to me uh I do get that they're probably going to be non-canon like you know legends and and fables but it's still something that that seems very cool and it feels like there's a lot of room to play around with in apparently like these these stories are like in universe myths oh uh, okay so yeah. going from myths, then has anybody actually seen a crate dragon because this thing we've seen I a mean, skeleton in the movies yeah because i mm -hmm. i always thought i mean i think in knights of the old republic you actually fight one maybe it would be i can't remember two, i think if you do in in the first one. Oh, okay um, maybe um yeah, when you're looking for the maps, but um, I I felt like it always was more so a Komodo dragon kind of thing because it's the desert and you're gonna do fly around the desert and get on stuff like that. No, you're gonna burrow around and high find caves and stuff like that and okay. then eat things. But you know, in terms of myths, they always have some splash of truth in them. So maybe the maybe the crate dragons at one point did have wings and then they found Tatooine and it was like, oh no. My wings don't work too well here. Sand everywhere, and it gets caught in everything, and I hate it. So I'm gonna lose this wing. <laughs> uh, I had to. No, <laughs> uh, that's fair. But I do, I do really want to read this one because you know, like we have just like Jack and the Beanstalk and everything like that, and these guys have you know, the Knight and the Dragon. Oh, the Knight and the Dragon and the. <laughs> The Gungan in the water. I don't know. but it... <laughs> The Gungan in the toad. <laughs> but it's it's going to be something interesting to read. I wouldn't mind getting my hands on Myths and Fables for sure, at least out of this set. Yeah, I think it'd be mm -hmm. fun. I always you... like when I think ahead, of no. comebacks. I was think I was no, I was just going to say, I always like when I think of comebacks like two minutes after they're valid. Oh, yeah. drop it anyway. Because yeah, Dan, Dan said uh, the Gungan and the Toad, and I was like, hey, we call him Boss Nass, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have the cheeks for it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Never make me do that again. That was a one-time thing. <laughs> oh, that was boy. embarrassing for my psyche. Speaking <laughs> of excerpts, uh, we do have one from uh, Master and Apprentice, which is coming out in April, which is not too far away. And is it April or March? Let me double check. April 16th. So during the time of Star Wars Celebration. And I'm not... I never read these excerpts because I, I don't really want to know anything about the novel. Right? Except for maybe the basic synopsis of it. Um, like a tease at it. But I don't, I don't like reading the full-on um, excerpt just because I like to be surprised when I'm reading the book or listening to it on audiobook. Um, but if I got to say one thing... I doubt they're going to do this, but if they can get Liam Neeson and Ian McGregor for the audiobook, I will be on board. <laughs> yes. Just okay. hearing Liam Neeson's voice as Qui-Gon in the Clone Wars series was so nostalgic. I would love for him to be in this book, but I, I think it's going to mm -hmm. be Mark Thompson because there's multiple characters. And he could still do it. Would that be awesome? So, um, moving on. Our last mm -hmm. book news that we have... A lot of it, I know. 
But the last book news that we got is Star Wars, The Art of Star Wars Rebels. And so this is going to be released by Dark Horse on October 1st. And mm. basically it's going to have commentaries from creators Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Carrie Beck, among others. And it's going to be basically see, having complete uh, book with never-before-seen concept art and process pieces. So um, I'm assuming, Noma, this is a must-buy for you. And I, I'm probably going to get it too because it's going to be a great coffee table book to have it. Mm. But just seeing the process of Dave Filoni and all the the artists on Rebels, I just I love the art. So. Mm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of things in in the series that I'll be very interested in seeing the design process for. So probably ships as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I... that'll be very very cool to see. Nice. Moving on, we got video games. Ed, take us away. Yes, we do. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Now, <laughs> once again, it's Star Wars, and the biggest Star Wars game out right now, whether you love it or hate it, is Star Wars Battlefront 2. And we have some exciting news for you, especially for the fans of the Sith and the Dark Side. Wasn't the Sith that? Lord Count Dooku is striding confidently into the right into Star Wars Battlefront 2. He came out on January 23rd in the Darth Tyrannus update. You do a very good Darth Tyrannus. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Geonosis, the Clone Wars Battlefront, which was brought to Galactic Assault in November, is now coming to the game modes Blast Heroes and Villains, well, Heroes versus Villains, and Custom Arcade. One of my personal favorites, when you're just trying to mess around and look at something or do something, Custom Arcade is the way to go. Practice makes perfect. But Count Dooku, oh man. Now, to be fair, I thought we were going to get Anakin right after Obi-Wan, but uh, I guess they're going to do, you know, good guy, bad guy, good guy. We got we got General Grievous and then Obi-Wan. So now we get, At- we get Count Dooku, we get Anakin next, hopefully. <laughs> they're still trying to work on maybe what he'll scream like when he attacks. Like, but we are on Count Dooku <laughs> right now. And undoubtedly an experienced and skilled duelist. He looks really fun to play. I've seen some gameplay footage of him, and it is really cool. Just a matter of saving up those credits. Yeah, because when you... What is it, like 40,000 unlocked I think it's like 35,000 or 40,000 credits, yeah. So you have to actually... I think I found this out when I was playing the other day. I updated the game, and I jumped into Starfighter Assault. Mm. And uh, I placed fifth place, but I didn't get any points for it. Like uh, I, you know how you normally get credits? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get credits. I, it might have been a bug. I don't know. But I don't know if they switched it so you have to place top three to get credits. Interesting. Which is completely crazy because how is anybody supposed to get there if only the top three can? You know? Especially if the top three have been playing for a long time, right? Right, so. right, right. So I don't know. Anyway, it Maybe takes a while to get those credits. You'll be playing for a few weeks before you can get them. That's all right. You play the game more, you enjoy it more. That's all right. I think it'd be fun to play for sure, and not fun to fight against. Oh no! I like fighting against them. Like you always try to fight against these guys from range, right? Exactly. You see some like, heroes run through. The I'll save heroes. the day. Or the jetpack then... uh, heavy characters and just shoot them with rocket launchers. Perfect. And his look—he he'll be wearing his signature brown cape. With the little chain between them, there's always that regal Sereno look he'll have. 
but he'll also have the dark ritual appearance and that by just looking at it it's it's very similar to the cloak he's just got like shoulder pauldrons i guess yeah it's from the clone wars tv series like the last season or season six not the last season season six and uh it's just like basically just take his cape off and shoulder shoulder pauldrons and then that's where you're at he he still looks like an old kind of lord you know if you're doing like some kind of game of thrones thing like what he would wear at home exactly what's the next uh news that we got here ed with uh the roadmap so February 27th, oh, what a great after-birthday gift for me. He, 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 Anakin Skywalker is going to be a hero in Battlefront 2. <laughs> the this chosen is one. This is excitement, okay? I, I needed this. I've needed this since the game came out, and I thought he was going to be, and he wasn't, and I was upset because I want to be angsty, run around, hit things with Anakin's lightsaber, and he's, he's supposed to have overwhelming force power, so I want to see what this is going to do in the game itself flashy fight style has to be there if it's not EA, it i'm writing a letter they so. they, sh- they released some like beta footage of him like just that's getting his, beta like... footage though but it's like it's basically his like basic attack um mm. movements and it looks really good yes we have appearances for the cor- the coruscant guard the 501st or if you'd like to call them the 501st that's awesome and the armored officers that are also, like, clone trooper officers that are getting appearance updates, too. Uh, you can be an armored officer, actually, instead of just wearing the the grays. That'll be nice to see. But the 501st with Anakin, like, honestly, when it comes down to it, as soon as this game drops out, I will, you two need to get this, and we will be the 501st in Anakin and have a great time. We're going to go attack the Jedi Temple and be awesome. EA, put Nightfall in there, please. I please put that in the game. <laughs> Let us run around like the enemy team instead of being like other like troopers or whatever, anything like that. He'd just be like mini Jedi with a few skills or something like that. And we just blast our way out. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Right? Hmm. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Definitely. That's something to think about. But in March, we get to get a new game mode. Capture points and capital ships. And now what i'm thinking with this one if you guys remember the initial battlefront 2 i mean it was a part of space battles already but how you could like land into your yes, enemy ship and the try best to take part it out of the original right? battlefront 2 game because the venator class to destroy on the dreadnought they're going to have interiors which oh leads me God. to believe that we're actually going to be able to land in them or we're going to be able to get in and out of ships yeah i'm i'm just giddy over this oh my goodness i right i love that as a kid like that was my one thing i would play with my friend uh like split screen and we'd be fighting against each other and my first thing is just jump into the ship take down the shield generator get out shoot out the stuff in the um on the outside of the ship take down their guns so they have no defenses go back in take down their you know their engines and everything oh man it's gonna be so much fun see now before i go into the next point with that if we're getting to this point, please, please, please tell me, and I hope that it's going to be a thing that we are still on track, hopefully, to get Galactic Conquest, because I've been missing this that is a, this mode. This is a step towards it. Yeah, I, I really hope so, because I've been missing that mode since this thing came out. And I was like, I thought it was going to be there for sure, and I was, God, I won't lie, I was disappointed. But, you know, all these are good steps and right steps, and then once we have it all on the plate, then just throw Galactic Conquest at me, and I will be playing this game almost every day. You and me both, man. We'll be just <laughs> flying through the sky or space. Now that Dooku is also in the game, 
for March, we are looking at lightsaber combat improvements, which will only mean good things for you guys who love to play the lightsaber heroes. We won't just be bashing away at each other. Hopefully, there will be more, maybe if there's going to be like a For Honor kind of fight style to it, maybe. That would be really interesting. That'd be that'd be intense. Yeah, that'd be like really, it's like you all the fighting around you would stop and you just like circle around these two either Jedi or Jedi and Sith or whatever's going on and just seeing them duke it out. And then, and then you see everybody cool. else, you see the guy with like a rocket launcher be like, dee, 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 dee. just goes down, right? takes both of them out. Oh, I don't know. I'm hoping for good things from this one though. Now. The last piece I'm... of video game news. EA is saying that their next IP, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, will come out this fall. Uh, the company has previously set the 2019 release window for the story-focused game, which is in development right now with EA-owned studio and Titanfall creator Respawn Entertainment. We still haven't gotten anything concrete, but it's something good to hear. Now, little is known about Fallen Order other than that it will be a third-person single-player action game that is considered canon in the Star Wars universe. This is huge for us as Let's well. Let's hope that it has a very good storyline. Mm. Well, it if is going to feature an... If EA hasn't learned anything about like story-based games in the last two years, I'll feel really sad. Now, single player, we'll see, right? Because they won't have to focus on microtransactions or anything like that. So maybe you, they actually you, will. You say but... that now, but if you want a costume for your character... Oh, <laughs> come on. You just play the game and unlock it, or you collect the things in the game to unlock them. That's how that's yeah. how old-school gaming worked, man. You should exactly. know. You should know. That, is, that is not how EA gaming works. It's going to be I... EA saying, okay, guys, here's your, your S bucks for Star Wars bucks. Buy them, and then you'll get more costumes. Yeah, yeah. you'll have a 0.01%. EA, I'm saying it now. I'm I'm putting faith. I am putting faith in, in this. Too. I will <laughs> put faith in this character during the events after episode three. We are on the run or whatever is like that. Do not make me buy more things when I am already trying to run and survive for my life. You know what would okay. kill this game? No, don't give them ideas. This this would kill the game. No, don't give them ideas. Oh my it's, god! It's basically you buy the game. You get yes. chapter one to five of the story. Oh, no, no, And then no, no, if you no, want no, to play no, no, more, no, no. you have to either no. buy the season's pass oh, to finish the story. Oh, I would hate did it. that. You've done it. Yeah. You did it. You did it. No, if they did, if they did no, like no. a Star Wars The Force Unleashed style where you get the full story, but then if you want to buy the DLC to get like alternate stories, like alternate outcomes of the, you know, like what if Starkiller See, no. fought against uh, Luke Skywalker or what if you know, this happened instead, right? See, How that'll lead me out? to ask, though. That leads me to ask, if they do that, that means we have to run into certain canon characters or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, what are we going to see, like, Bail Organa or something like that afterwards and be like, hey, help me, I need to flee. Or, or you know, like, because we're not running into, we're not running into Obi-Wan, we're not running into Yoda. Possibly Most Ahsoka. of the Jedi are dead. Possibly. I, yeah, I don't know about that. No. I'm I trust Ahsoka. I trust Ahsoka with like Dave Filoni and like I mean, not EA. She's That's been true. gone though, right? Because remember, yeah, she's she on the Jedi on... Order, but she's still out there. Yes, but we see, we got to see when um, the new season takes place and how true. because that takes place before Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah, mm, and it leads into Revenge of the Sith. See what after happens after events, the season we don't know where she is, so mm. she could still be on Mandalore. She could be like, guys, I'm piecing out. You're not gonna see me whenever my lightsabers are gone. 
whatever something i don't know i really hope they don't screw it up because they have they they don't have a lot of story stuff coming out and a lot of people are upset about that and i i I really want them to do well with this and you guys i I want to give them my faith you guys are i was gonna say you guys seem a little bit more faithful than me well i mean i'm the pessimistic one here because (laughs) i'm just i'm waiting to hear when this thing gets canceled oh my god no you said it again yeah, two for three so far. I mean, I hope not. I hope it doesn't get canceled, man. That would. Suck. I mean, I, I I hope so as well, but you know. You never know. It's hard to tell because there was yeah. a game that was canceled not too long ago. Two, yeah, yeah. We've had two, Visceral and uh, EA Vancouver. Yeah, the studios. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. Okay, I think we're gonna get in board games, RPGs, Noma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. We're Alrighty. almost at the end of the show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm making some good time. All right, so board games and RPGs. Uh, this month, we've got a little bit more of a streamlined release schedule. So I'll start off with Legion, which is getting some very cool expansions. Uh, we've got three different releases, technically four, coming out uh, in the near future. The first is that both the Rebels and the Empire are going to be getting a speeder or a, I guess, light vehicle update. So the Rebels are going to be getting the X-34 Landspeeder, which if you remember episode four, that is the... Yes! Yep, yeah, the same Landspeeder that Luke and Obi-Wan use, except this one has been kitted out for uh, a little bit more guerrilla rebel kind of combat. So it's got a blaster cannon mounted on the front, and you can take some additional riders with uh, blaster rifles and rocket launchers, so that'll be interesting. And the Empire is going to be getting their hands on the TX-225 GAVW Occupier Combat Assault Tank, which is a bit of a mouthful. That was the one from Rogue One, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that is the one from Rogue One. Nice. Uh, Yeah, so very long and kind of squat with four laser cannons in the front. So we'll probably be getting kind of the standard uh, differing play styles. I'm assuming that the empire one is going to be a lot slower, but hits a lot harder and the rebel one's going to be a lot faster and more maneuverable, but blows up if someone coughs in its direction. So that, those will be interesting. It'll be uh, cool to see how they fit in with the, the current meta for Legion. And again, nice because Legion has had a bit of a drought in terms of releases lately, but with those in mind, we're also going to be getting a hero for each side, or I think as they call them, operatives. And this one will be pretty cool, because for the Empire, you'll be getting your hands on Bosk, oh. everyone's favorite Trandoshan bounty hunter. Only Trandoshan bounty hunter, apparently. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and he's going to... The interesting thing with these heroes is they're going to have multiple loadouts, it looks like. So, for instance, for Bosk, he's got a mortar rifle, or you can swap that out for a rifle and a grenade, it looks like. And the second one, who's going to have some more options, is the Rebels are going to be getting their hands on Sabine Wren. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. And she's got a lot, like, a surprising amount of options on her. So, so you can either... You can fill in, like, uh, you get, like, a little, like, rubber balloon, put some paint and maybe some water in it. And while you're playing, you just, like, pop it above the table. <laughs> so it's like, there's my bomb! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, to, to get that Sabine Wren artistic touch on the exactly, field. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just like, I am setting up this bomb on this TIE fighter here. And then just like, dust yeah. goes everywhere, paint dust. 
and then your opponent uh, beats you for <laughs> messing with his models. It's like, judge, oh, judge, dude. over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, now that would be that would be something. If it's like, oh, you are now allowed to do this, or your ship for the rest of the time will be called this or this, or will be, you know, like, if you were able to do something like that, like, your evasive maneuvers would be lowered or something like that because you're a bright orange ship in space so everybody can see you and take pop shots at you. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting. Like, that would be such a... Just a, like a crazy event to happen. It's like, yeah, the bomb exploded, but it was color. So now you light up on everybody's screen. Yeah. These are some good <laughs> ideas for our Star Wars RP that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the other interesting thing about uh, the Sabine Ren one is she's got a bunch of different options. So uh, mechanics-wise, she either gets her dual Westar 35 blaster pistols, or you can swap one of those pistols out with the Darksaber. Oh, if you wanna... boy. Oh, yeah, if you want to get a little bit more, uh, I guess, you know, later on in the series. Are these miniatures or are these cards? Uh, they're miniatures, and so... I'm going to buy it that'll just be the figures. Interesting, <laughs> that, and that'll be the interesting thing, because there's a lot of magnetization options, which is a little bit more advanced usually for miniatures, but, yeah, so you can magnetize her hands so she can use a Darksaber or a Blaster. Uh, you can also swap out her heads, so she comes with unhelmeted and helmeted options. Nice. Oh, boy. So, Oh yeah, so it's another great, great opportunity. Does she for some have different colors for each different color, like different head for each different color of hair she had in Rebels for each season? No, no you, you have, have to, to do buy that them manually. all separately. Oh, is it all you have to yeah. paint them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all, all of these come uh, nice. unassembled and unbuilt. So yeah, know. you'd have to. Yeah, I mean, if you if if you could, I'm sure at least one person will try recasting her head a couple of times to make all those color schemes. But yeah. Um, yeah, and she also comes with a. I don't know if you can detach it, but she comes with a jetpack that I think she doesn't have to have. That's so amazing. Would be a little bit cheaper without the jetpack. So yeah, there's a lot of options on. Why do they want so. me to spend money on this? <laughs> hey, you were. I was tempted with the Death Troopers last time. If you you this get is, into Rebels, then I really like Sabine's <laughs> character and like the Dark Saber in general. So like this is like, mm-hmm. I might I might get this kit just just to have it as a collectible. Oh yeah, and then maybe I'm, play around with I'm you at Celebration. Sabine. <laughs> do you have Legion sets? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, that is the the only game of theirs I think I don't play right now, and Imperial Assault, but that's so a different one. The Sabine set itself, like you couldn't just play with that. That's like an expansion onto your team. Yeah, yeah. You Correct need uh, you, you need some more rebels for that. Okay. <laughs> more rebels? Oh no. Yeah, at least the normal ones, or you know, Snow Speeder or something like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, for X-Wing, we don't have too many new announcements. There's a couple new tournament kits coming out. There's a nicer version of the conversion packs that's coming out, but I'm, I'm going to skim over that because it's not uh, super useful for us. The other thing that we're also hearing about now is that there's a new game mode coming out called Hyperspace. So I haven't been keeping up with X-Wing's competitive scene, so I don't know a whole lot about this mode. And unfortunately, they don't really explain what hyperspace mode is outside of the fact that it kind of sounds like it's a lot of different game Travel. types. Chain- yeah, it sounds like a lot of different game types and missions that are all kind of chained together. So I guess the intent is supposed to be you're jumping between point to point and doing all these little missions. Different, yeah, different missions at different set. Like, it's kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. Star Wars Cargo Hauler, really. Yeah, pretty much, right? Like, it, it's just a nice way to spice up competitive play, and it, it adds a new kind of... A longer uh, area. version of gameplay, too. Yeah, right, and and makes it more accessible to certain people uh, is what it sounds like because it says that it's an easier kind of mode to get into for competitive. So that sounds interesting. Uh, I'll look into that a little bit more, and if I hear anything, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know. 
And outside of that, we only have two more things. Uh, one is for Star Wars Destiny, which is the card and dice game. We're going to be getting a new expansion pack coming out soon, which is called Allies of Necessity. So this is interesting because it is specifically a draft set, which I never really thought about doing in Destiny. It always seemed like it would be a little bit clunky, but uh, it sounds like they've been putting some good ideas into this where there's a whole kind of smattering of different heroes and villains that it almost sounds like can be used across different characters. There's some interesting things that they're putting in, like uh, Fen Rao as a good guy, it looks like. So he would be usable with uh, Rebellion and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and then Count Dooku coming in as well. That'll be cool. And it sounds like the way that they're setting this up is that it's a draft that can be reused, which is uh, kind of like a cube setting. That That's really uh, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. in Magic the Gathering games, cubes, yeah. Exactly, yeah, like Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. Um. So some interesting things there to bring back uh, plot cards where it actually reduces the amount of points that you'll have in your deck. So they'll, you know, they'll give you downsides, but you get to add more cards in because of that. So overall, it looks really interesting. And it's definitely going to be something that uh, I'll be taking a look at to see how it adds more mechanics and uh, ideas into the Destiny game. Nice. And, yep, and last but not least, we've got a new splat book. Or I guess, uh, uh, what do they what do they call them outside of RPG terms? A new expansion book okay. for uh, Star Wars RPGs, which is Star Wars Allies and Adversaries. This looks good. So this, yeah, this one's gonna be interesting because it looks like it's it's adding a lot of named characters, special named characters that um, originally Fantasy Flight hadn't added in because they didn't want to put power levels on those characters. Which I mean, that's out the window now, right? I've got Rise of the uh, Dawn, sorry, Dawn of the Rebellion. That book comes with like Darth Vader and the Death yes. Star and Director Krennic. So I mean, at that point, you know, we're all in. And so yeah, this one looks like it's adding in people like uh, Jin Erso is going to be added in. We're going to get stats for Boba Fett and oh. the Ewoks. I want to see Palpatine and... stats. Yeah, yeah, that's the last one. Is yeah, oh, Max and yeah, S rank would... stats everywhere. Oh yeah, like it, it's interesting because I was looking through the Vader stats, uh, and it, he doesn't sound that scary. And then when you start actually looking into what he can do, it's it's, it's pretty terrifying. Stuff, yeah, yeah. So so Palpatine should probably at least be on that level, which will be very very scary if you want to throw at your party if they're they're being too rowdy. You know what they should do with these splat books or these source mm. books is what they should do is they should include an audio CD or like a US, little USB drive to give you some like audio like music or like you know character lines or something that you could use in your rp be oh, careful awesome. not to choke on your ambition yeah exactly or I... you're like unlimited power and you're just like go nope. crazy that yeah. way you know that would be really cool i just thought mm -hmm. about that because we, we're talking about our rp stuff and uh the one thing that we are trying to figure out is having some sounds and things like ambience and stuff like that i think that would be really cool and it'd be a really nice mm -hmm. thing to throw into like a splat book, you know, or like a core yeah. book or something. Yeah, my only question there would be le legally how that would work, because um, I know that they have the license. I'm not sure if that means that they're able to. They would to... have to talk about it, probably. Yeah, but you're yeah. right. That would be a really a really awesome idea. Because you just can enhance... always just get MP3 sound clips and play them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Third, this way you have at least like a, a, yeah. a you know like a, a primary set that you could go back to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anywho, 
Um, is that it for RP and board games and stuff? Yep, that about wraps it up. Nice. All right, so we're going to get into some events and other things that are happening on. There's a lot of news for Star Wars Celebration. And Ed, did you want to quickly talk about the first piece of news there? Yes, yeah, so while we are all excited to go and check out uh, the Galaxy's Edge and everything like that, something that we must know is how much it's going to cost us to actually be there. Mm. And the average price that we're getting, or the increase, I should say, is 8%, a company official said. So this thing from CNN, uh, Disneyland has raised ticket prices ahead of its hotly anticipated summer opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, the average increase is 8%, a company official said, but they vary by ticket. And the one-day adult pack, or peak ticket price, sorry, rose from $135 to $149, while the price of the one-day regular ticket, which blocks out some dates, rose from $117 to $129. The price of the one-day value ticket, which blocks out even more dates, rose from $97 to $104. Now, the most affordable and limited-use annual select pass increased from $369 to $399, while the most elite annual premier pass, which combines Disneyland and Walt Disney World admission, has increased from $1,579 to $1,949. Wow. So, I don't know if I could pay that much every year for an annual pass. I don't know if I could go to Disney that much. <laughs> you know, and an official said, we continue to provide our guests with a variety of ticket offerings to meet their needs while helping us to spread visitation, better manage demand, and deliver a great experience. This was said by Liz Yeager, who's a Disneyland Resort spokesperson. Now, I get it. This place is something we all want to see, but the amount of work that had to go into it, yes, the prices are going to be high. I mean, they're already high. Raising them even more so, I mean... Is, did, did they gotta pay they it back, put their man. hands it's, into I think this? it's like a billion dollars they put into. I, you know what? But they could make that back ten times over just by the amount. If they were a little reasonable, like I would go five times. I, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But would you do the hotel every time? <laughs> That's the if question. They, if after the first experience, if it's what I am hoping it is, yes. Yeah. I will say that now. Because you can make different decisions the second time. No. Are you kidding me? If if I go and I find the first order and they're, you know, I mean first order, but if they do the whole like yes and you are here and these are your quarters and you will be up there, if they do things like that, I'd be like, you know what? Can I actually role play myself in here and can I do this and let me just you know let me see if I can integrate myself with the staff and they actually believe I'm one of them. That'd be funny, thing, you know. <laughs> Get into the backstage. It's like you all know your chores today, your assignments today. Do not be late. Be here. And it's like yes, commander. And then walk <laughs> in, be like wait. Is this guy new? Like, yeah, I think he's a new guy starting today. Like, I would love to do something just like blend that. blend in. You'll just live there for the rest of your life. Because I think, and I can't be the only one thinking that way, right? If they deliver an experience just like that, absolutely, I pay for it again. But, like, don't gouge me to the point where I'm just like, hey, I want to be there. I But legally or, like, financially, I don't know if I could do this. And like, mm -hmm. exactly. It's like, I know it sounds like, oh, yeah, it's only 8%, man. It's 135 to 150, basically. But that's like, that's yeah, just for a but, ticket you know, to walk into the park. That's not you know, including hotels. Exactly. Like, at least there's got to be some give and take. Yeah. I mean, 8% increase is not terrible. I mean, think, those... about, think about if you want to bring your family, you know? No, I, I get that. And like that's just for you. And then, is that mm -hmm. why you want to stay in the hotel? I was, I was actually talking with uh, a fellow teacher friend of mine at work and she was saying that she went down to disney a few years ago and it was a ten thousand dollar trip for her husband herself Jeez. and two kids ten thousand 
thousand dollars. Yeah, no, thank you. That's right. like that's like go to Japan money. Like that's that's like and just travel Nakiabara. But that's how much yeah. it costs because you got to go down. You got to pay entrance for everybody for like a week. You also got to pay for your hotels, your food, your travel, everything. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because when you go to Disneyland at Star Wars Celebration, sorry, you go to Disneyland at uh, Galaxy's Edge Park and you're in the hotel area, you apparently it might be all inclusive. So you don't have to pay for pretty much any food or anything. It's all included. Mm-hmm. Like you would with a cruise so. ship, right? Yeah. If that's but. the case, that would be a little bit more. But like just from experience, those that number that's like two weeks in hawaii or japan so i don't know which that for actually family. becomes hard for, yeah for family of four like so that that becomes the, a real question to me of do it one week in disneyland or two weeks in you know Another a country. really nice foreign place yeah. yeah um so we'll have to see i mean technically you are going to a foreign world universe you're going to star wars you know so <laughs> yeah that's true it's an experience you can't get anywhere else Definitely. Mm-hmm. But now that we... a little far, far away. A little far, far. I like <laughs> that. Kind of. Because far, far away means more monies. But now that we have that, we know how much it's going to cost. When are we actually expected to go? And according to Rico.net, Disney CEO Bob Iger, that the theme park will be opening up bi-coastly in June. And both sides of the, both sides of the country, I guess... June will be the date where you'll be able to access Galaxy's Edge. That's interesting. As for if you can go in June, you better start saving up now for those ticket <laughs> prices because, whew, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going to be shelling out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a really fun experience if you can go with a whole bunch of friends or family members that are huge Star Wars nerds that can get into, yep. you know, like the, the role-playing of living in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and into the hotel stuff. Um, I don't know if I would just go by myself. I think I would have to definitely go with friends if I was going to do the hotel experience, um, like you guys. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Like I said, any type of news that we get for Galaxy's Edge, I am so excited! (laughs) (laughs) Now, Galaxy's Edge is one thing, man. But in 52 days, 6 hours, 26 minutes, and 40 seconds, we have the Star Wars Celebration in chicago which now, is crazy to wh- think it's it's that close right that's like mm-hmm. a little month and a bit month and a bit just about just a little over and that's gonna be great but you know when you go to conventions and stuff like that there's always something that you gotta grab always something you gotta see something that you can only get at this convention so you can like immortalize this in your mind like i was there i got this thing and it is awesome and i will remember this forever or for those scalpers Mm. they buy it and sell it at eight times Mm. the price let's not mention (laughs) them let's not mention them and their their rebellious ways i mean let's just put in perspective here i bought a kotobukiya which is a japanese like figure um company they made a um figure of both triple zero and bt1 Okay. And a combined package. I bought mm. that for seventy-five or eighty dollars United States uh-huh. uh, dollars, mm. and it is now worth three hundred and forty. Nanny. <laughs> yeah, I bought it because I wanted to keep it, and it's it's still in the box and everything. But uh, I, I'm just like, wow! I cannot believe that the price went up that much. I mean, these are eBay prices, but still, like, if that's what they're going for on eBay, that's that's crazy. Mm. But I, I yeah. 
there are people out there that will buy that they will get those little Lego minifig sets and sell them from they were like forty bucks at the convention mm. and it'll be like two hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. And people will I, buy them. Yep. Mm. I mean, look, we're all Star Wars crazy, so if I see something I want I will go I will get it. It's mm-hmm. just that's one of the unfortunate things about seller's market that will happen. But just so you know ahead of time, it 2019 is the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Offensive Menace. Love it or hate it, it is Star Wars, and it is something that we will live with. And now, because the Phantom Menace is that glorious film where we saw Darth Maul and his dual saber for the first time, he will be an exclusive figure there. It's a six-inch Black Series Darth Maul figure. It goes for $24.99. We will hopefully see it that way for a long time, Dan. So hopefully. <laughs> um, did, did you see the packaging? Yeah, it's the classic it? style packaging yeah. too. So it's... if you remember buying all those figures back in the day, anything like that, it is in that exact same style. It's not the box one. that you're seeing from your regular Legend series, uh, Black Series series that comes out now. Like it is that classic look back from what, 20 years ago, yeah? 2000, yeah. Almost 20 years ago, 19. 20 years ago when the anniversary comes up. but Yeah, that's right. But yeah, and. And of course, we will have Jedi Padawan, Obi Wan Kenobi as well. And these are updated, like the gra- the graphics, the molds are a lot better, and the painting is a lot better than what they were originally, for sure. Uh, you could almost say they were remastered. Oh, <laughs> is it like the the, the special edition? No, no, because that would come with like both of them in one kit, fighting or something like that, or Darth Maul in half. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. yeah. <laughs> what movie moments, what man? What if that was in the figure? You could just like pull a little thing from the back of the mall figure and he just pops in half. That would be I feel like that would be so on the nose if Obi-Wan's not made that way, but Darth Maul is. Like, yeah, Yeah. you know what you guys were The one thing that didn't show us is on the back of the Darth Maul package, you get his spider legs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That'd be funny. And his crazy look. Yeah. Nah, but it's it's something nice to have, something to see from there. It's like, you know what, pay tribute to that, but thanks for coming to the convention and here's something you can get. The price is definitely reasonable for them. I mean, most Black Series figures I see come through that they range, especially in Canadian dollars, anywhere from between 20 to 30 maybe 40 bucks, depending on what the set is. So yeah, it's just about in that same price point. So if you have been collecting these figures, it is in that range. You are not being bumped up on anything. If you can make it down to Chicago through that time, this is something you absolutely need to get your hands on. Quantity hasn't been really stated yet. No, it's going to be so, limited. I guarantee it. Probably will be, but this will be when the, you're there, I think this will be in the first celebration few days, store, yeah. First few days is something to look at. As, soon, as mm-hmm. soon as the doors open, if like you want to know what you want to get before the doors open because it is nuts. I remember trying to get the um, the first Thrawn novel. They had a special edition where it was like Thrawn's oh, face only on the book cover. And mm. uh, you can get it signed by Timothy Zahn. Oh, man. And mm. I was like, oh, I really want... They had 50 each day. And so... As soon as it, like the doors opened, I ran there and it, they were sold out. Man, at the, the doors just opened. Yeah, at the Delray booth. I was like, what? Jeez. And now these books are worth like $250. Yeah, makes sense. Uh... I'm a little jaded on that regard. Because if there's like exclusives, <laughs> they're all gone. You That's, jaded, yeah. really? Sorry? <laughs> I can't believe you're yeah. jaded, man. I thought yeah, you'd be positive. About, I'll, I'll find another one somehow, somewhere. Well, yeah, you could. You, you could. But you'd be paying the price. <laughs> uh, I just I hate how people resell them like at ridiculous expenses, yeah. you know. 
it's yeah exclusive it's like go for the experience not because you're just yes. trying to make a quick buck take it away from somebody who could have gotten that ticket for their like their grandson or something to come with them or something exactly. like that like leave some for people that just want them to have like to to collect and to to use it's right? like this yeah. this event is made for the fans don't mm-hmm. like don't take advantage of the fans man there's always gonna be people it, like it, that though exclusives are one of those things where it's like i always look at them and i think like this would be interesting but you can't i don't know i i I never put any what's the word i'm looking for faith in humanity Uh, yeah well yeah i i never like i never try to amp myself up for them where it's just like oh it'd be so cool if i get this it would be like i in the back of my head it's always expect the worst and be happy if you do get it yeah if if there's the five percent chance i actually get there and get my hands on it awesome if not yeah True. Like no expectations, basically. Going it's a very, them. it's a very boots on the ground kind of thought to it. You're not, you know, being mm-hmm. very realistic about it, which I guess you have to be. That's yeah, because I've been burned a couple of times, so eventually it's like I can either keep getting angry or I can just, you know. That being said, there there were some really cool exclusives that were not limited. Um, to like like they they weren't like super popular, which was nice. There was one that was at um. The celebrate not celebration store, but it was like a, a vendor that was part of the convention. Like it wasn't like a third party vendor; it was a convention vendor, mm-hmm. and uh, they had these name tags. Oh, I think it was the Disney store vendor, and they had these name tags that you could get your name printed in Arabesh, and then like a subtitle like Jedi Knight or you know Sith Lord or whatever. Oh, Imperial Commander. That's cool. So I have one that has my name on it, and then it has mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember. I think it said Bounty Hunter underneath it. Um, nice. So I have a name tag that, that's like that, and so it is uh, my girlfriend Tanya. Um, but talking about figures, we do have in October coming up. Normally, we have something called Force Friday, but this year, uh, Lucasfilm and Star Wars announced Triple Force Friday. What this means is that Triple Force Friday is set to on set on October fourth, and uh, we'll see brand new products inspired by the three biggest Star Wars releases this year. Which is going to be Star Wars Episode Nine? Okay. Okay. Star Wars: The Mandalorian figures and like play sets and stuff like that. Cool. And Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Interesting. Having figures for a video game. We haven't had that in years. Now, products spanning categories from toys to collectibles, housewares, books, apparel. So you'll see if you want toilet paper with, you know, Darth Vader's face on it. You can get it if you want, you know, forks with Finn's face on it or Kylo Ren's face on it. You can have those too, and don't forget your bed sheets. Because I remember, I don't know about you guys, when I was a kid, I had Star Wars Episode One sheets with like the Naboo starfighters all over it, all that kind of stuff. So they'll have they'll have a whole bunch of different places that you can buy this. Uh, Pretty much any toy store like Walmart, Toys R Us, if you're in Canada still. Um and uh yeah, it opens at midnight, twelve oh one AM on October fourth. So maybe we can figure out maybe doing an event. Uh us three maybe going to a Toys R Us or something, waiting outside and seeing what we can get. <laughs> I'm sure that won't look weird. <laughs> no, trust me, I've been to a few of these Fourth Friday things. The last one was very, very, very sparse. Mm. Um there wasn't many people there, but uh there are people in line usually that are just you know, hanging out, talking about stuff, Star Wars and whatnot. So maybe we could do like some interviews or something with fans on on the Force Friday train. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, 
Last few things here, we got autographs and photo ops for guests at Star Wars Celebration. And now hold on to your seat because I'm going to blast through these names very quickly. We have Brian Herring, Catherine Tabor, Christopher Sean, Daniel Logan, Dave Chapman, D. Bradley Baker, Donald Faison, Greg Grunberg, Greg Proops, Ian McDermott, Ian McElhenney, James Arnold Taylor, Janina Gavankar, Jason Isaacs, Jet Lucas, John Ratzenberger, Junis Suatomo, uh, Katie Cartwheel, Ken Lung, Mark Dodson, Matthew Wood, Michael Pennington, Myrna Velasco, Orly Shoshan, Paul Casey, Peter Mayhew, Sam Whitwer, Scott Lawrence, Susie McGrath, Tamura Morrison, Tom Kane, and Vanessa Marshall. Now, they do have their website up on StarWarsCelebration.com to get their uh, autographs and photo ops. If you can, this is speaking from experience, they do have tickets on sale at the floor at Star Wars Celebration, but they're limited. If you can and you know who you would like to go see either autograph or uh, photo op, make sure you buy it ahead of time. And then you know for a fact, on Thursday, I have an autograph session with Ian McDermott. Because if you get to the convention and it's sold out and you really wanted it, it really sucks. Um, there was a few times where I was like, I wanted to get Ian McDermott's last time in Celebration 2017. And uh, it just didn't work out. Because by the time I decided to get it, I went up and they're like, oh yeah, we just sold out of him, you know, like yesterday for the whole weekend. And it's the second day of the convention. So that kind of sucked. But and it tells you what day they are available there. So there is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Some people are only there on the weekend. Some people are there for the mm. week as well. Keep your eyes out for those. So, last pieces of news are things that I actually personally went to. Um, the hole. Yeah. I Where'd was you in go, Toronto. Danny? Sorry? Where'd you go? I went to uh, the Toronto Symphony Orchestra at the Roy Thompson Hall in Toronto and listened to them play the entire soundtrack for Star Wars A New Hope. Um, that was a Christmas gift for my girlfriend, Tanya, because she's a huge music fan and loves Star Wars. So I figured it'd be a really nice marriage of both to put them in there. And it was an experience of a lifetime. It was amazing. You don't realize how impactful the music is sometimes until you hear it in a setting like that. Um, I was told after the fact that the musical instruments that the orchestra was playing were not hooked up to any audio equipment. It was just the reverberation and the um, the sound of Roy Thompson Hall that it carried so much, uh, and it was it was great. There is some really cool technology there. Um, the uh, conductor had her you know sheet music in front of her, but then she also had a monitor above that, about a twenty four inch like LCD display or something, and it was playing the movie in front of her, and it had the time signatures at the top right as well as bars moving across the screen to make sure that she was on time with the movie. So I thought that was crazy cool technology that they have for it to be able to, you know, play music along with the live playing of a movie, right? Um, mm. Tanya said she loved it too. And she actually knew some people that were in the orchestra, funny enough. She went to school with them at uh, in university music and mm. it was a it was powerful it was emotional i i teared up as soon as the beginning crawl started and that the orchestra just lights up and uh my god i would recommend it if you ever have a chance to go see a movie like a new hope or any of the star wars movies or you know i know there's harry potter ones out there to see an orchestra play the music live 
as the movie is playing, go do it because you will not regret it. Uh, nice. The other thing too that I went to was at the uh, museum in my town. They had something called Breakfast with the Empire, and they had basically was, they have a science exhibit at the museum, and uh, they invited some members of the five hundred first and the local garrison, as well as the Mando Mercs, uh, to come in and uh, just be in costume and interact with the kids and, and fans and stuff like that. So uh, they supplied you know bacon and eggs and sausages and home fries and everything, all catered and had like a photo opportunity with them I, I stuck around a little bit to talk with a bit of them and it, they were really nice people i got the business card of some mando mercs that were there and there was a guy that was a a droid builder and he had an r2d2 like full scale full replicated and it was like blaster scored so you had like the pieces of like black scoring on r2d2 all over the place which is kind of cool and he had all the the fixings of his arms coming out and his beeping sounds even put the sounds of like uh the cantina band the opening crawl music everything as well as those beeping sounds and that was really fun my cousins mm. they're about five and seven they came as well and it was just a good experience for them they really enjoyed it they saw r2d2 and were like oh my god that's amazing R2. and they gave him a high five and all this stuff with his arms extended Wait, I was about to ask, how do you give R2-D2 a high five? Yeah, it's like his like little blue <laughs> pieces of his body that can like extend out, or his arms oh, come out. Okay. He just gives him a high five that way. Um, okay. We had some photo ops with my cousins where we got arrested by the, the Mandalorians. With Mandalorians the, with, arrested you? Yeah, they were like bounty hunter Mandalorians, and they had binders and um, stuff like that, so they put the binders oh, on okay. us. It was really cool. Some really nice photos. Um, I might post up on the website for us. Um, nice. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much all the news we have. Um, I was thinking we could talk about our thoughts on Resistance so far, but I'm, I'm thinking mm. what we should do instead is actually talk about Resistance when it is finished. And we can do sure. a full episode on that. If our opinions change. Do a, do a special on that and see how, how we go. <laughs> just because we're hitting about <laughs> a two-hour mark here. So I'm just, we're not done yet. we got to do oh, new releases fair. and then our outro. So that's fair what i'm hearing is dan's gonna force us to watch all of resistance yes <laughs> i'll just trap us in a room at star wars celebration yeah exactly <laughs> and you we'll don't watch get it. to go to celebration if you haven't seen it exactly right. <laughs> oh boy and sanctions on it so let's get into the new releases of comics and books there's not much this month which is which is kind of nice um february releases we have for comics issues February 6th, we have Star Wars issue number 61, The Escape, part 6, which is very harrowing um, escape from a bad scenario that happened in issue number 60. Um, Age of the Republic, Anakin Skywalker number 1, which is awesome. I read it, and I recommend it heavily. Any of the Age of comic series, I would recommend picking up as soon as you can and reading them. February 13th, we have Age of the Republic, Age of the Republic, Count Dooku, number one. Han Solo, Imperial Cadet, number four. On February 20th, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story, number five of seven. And February 27th, Dr. Aphra, 29, Worst Among Equals, which I am excited for, because Dr. Aphra I haven't read in a few weeks at least, and oh I'm boy. usually reading her every other week. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. And the only book we have announced is on February 26th, which is Thrawn Alliance's Paperback. Yes. So, so if you haven't read Alliances, my birthday. yeah, right. Yeah. If you haven't read Alliances yet, 
go buy it because it's $10 on paperback. And with all of this news and releases coming out in the month of February, are we good to head out to the outro? I, so. I believe we are. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for listening to us on another episode of the podcast. Uh, for our pick of the podcast this week, we've got a an oldie but a goodie, kind of, which is the TIE Fighter short film anime. It's It's been around for a couple of years now, but uh, luckily for us, Ed has never seen this before, so it no. is n- now relevant to uh, our, current, uh, our current show. It's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, really, really good. This was made in 2015. Wow, that long ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this, if anyone hasn't seen this, I would 100% recommend watching it. It is a kind of homage, kind of love letter to the old TIE Fighter uh, computer games that were out, uh, I think, about 20 years ago. And the, the animator who did this has redone has basically done the entire kind of short film in a very late 80s kind of anime style. So it's a very, very nice old school homage to what was a lot of people's favorite Star Wars game. Yeah. And it looks absolutely amazing. It's breathtaking. Oh, yeah. It it really harkens back to old school, like, uh, Macross, um that kind of style Battleship like, Yamato um, it kind of gives me that feel of um, Cowboy Bebop like the the technology uh, the ships and yeah. stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and you can see that that whole kind of you know the shows that Bebop derived its style from right Robotech exactly. and all that kind of I can never remember which one was, was the, the American name uh, Macross I think it was Robotech was the American one okay but still it, it, it very much gets that that old school aesthetic very 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 smooth authentic. animation at points like oh yeah yeah it's very authentic i would just i would recommend anybody that is a fan of yeah those video games or anime or both or star wars or anything just if you if you're living and breathing go watch this video because <laughs> the guy who made it oda king 77077 on youtube he he spent a lot of time doing this i'm not sure if he worked with other people but uh he did an amazing job mm-hmm. and it must have taken him forever to do this oh yeah i can only imagine and with that being said uh let us know what your thoughts are on our force fun fact or any of the other topics we talked about today by visiting our website which is www.voiceoftheforce.com you can also get in touch with us through our email which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com or our Twitter, which is at VoiceForcePod, or alternately at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash VoiceForcePod. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Podbeans. And if you do, be sure to drop a review letting us know what you think about the episode, you know, any comments, any critiques, anything at all, because like we say a lot of the times, you know, 
we're making these episodes for you guys. We do enjoy this. You know, we're definitely big fans of what we do. But at the end of the day, this is entertainment for you guys. So if there's anything that we can do to make your experience more fun or enjoyable, by all means, let us know. And you can also subscribe for the latest episode as soon as it releases. And with that being said, all of us here at Voice of the Force, thank you again for listening to our newest podcast. And we'll see you all next episode. Galaxy quite, quite far away. Oh, yeah. I realized halfway through his talking, I was like, my fan's still on. It, it, I, we didn't hear it until you pressed the button. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah, no, I was... <laughs> Link found a chest. So, thanks for listening. With... Okay, that's terrible. I need, Never I need mind. Some, Let me get I the words some... in my head. No, I was... I was... I was like, oh, how do I, where do I go from here? No, I had a stroke. He'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I might be getting some fast food on the way back instead. Nice. Yeah, any recommendations? Uh, the food place? Yeah, anywhere that, I'm, <laughs> anywhere that I'm going for food? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now, what are you in the mood for? I don't know. I'm think, I'm You'll find something. Maybe South Street Burger. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like South Street. Mm, burgers. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up then. Oh, we, we're we're still recording, but this is going into the podcast. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> All right. So.